hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Thank you. Thank you for your support of our youth and for uh, giving us the opportunity to go out and be in mission. I want to especially, especially say thank you. They're not here uh, they, uh, this morning, uh, but probably sleeping. But uh, Toby Cavanus, who went as one of our adults, and Kat Elliott, who uh, this is my second mission trip with her, and then uh, Christina Cavanus, who was one of our college. Uh, we had her come along as a college intern. Basically, we made her do all the grunt work that us adults didn't really, really want to do. Uh, but, you know, their work uh, made it possible for uh, this trip to be uh, really enjoyable. And the work of the kids, uh, they did an amazing job. I know we have some here this morning, I think all over here. Stand up if you went on the mission trip real quick so we can see you and the congregation can appreciate you for your hard work this week. You know, you can go ahead and sit back down. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that we did, uh, we, this is the second year that we went back to uh, Quest Ranch down in the Canyon Lake area, and uh, Corky, who is the owner of Quest Ranch, who, who pulled all of this together, he is very much uh, focused on Hurricane Harvey relief. And all of the work that you saw, uh, you saw at the very end of the video, this house, this kind of ranch-style house, it's a, a two-bedroom house that is going to have a, a kind of a back porch area with an ADA bathroom and um, some storage in the back. All of those panels that you saw were made for that house, and we actually got to install one of those panels into the house. Uh, the rest of them will go on the back, and then once that house is completed, he's hoping by November uh, he will uh, put that on a trailer, and that'll go down. Uh, do you remember? I forgot what city he said it was in. Do any of you remember? No. I think Baytown, maybe down in Baytown, where uh, the hurricane really hit heavy. That's going to go and uh, be the home for somebody who has lost everything. And right now they're living at a FEMA trailer, and soon they'll be kicked out of the FEMA trailer. And he's hoping to have that house in place for them so they have a place to call their own. And I'm just proud of our youth to have, for having a hand in that. So uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to be in mission. You know, there was something else that Quirky said that uh, when, when we got done with the trip as we were uh, judging the panels to which one was the better of the four panels. All of them were, were great. But he said, you know, I am going to be spoiled because your kids did so much around here that I'm not used to. You know, usually when mission groups come in, they come in and they just basically take over the place, but they uh, just act like they're at a hotel where everything is taken care of by somebody else. And for the time that we were there, Corky was the only staff person there, Corky and Razor, which was the dog, but he called Razor the staff. 
But uh, our kids, whenever things needed to be picked up, whenever uh, food needed to be prepared or uh, cleaned up afterwards, they were there doing all of that. Even before we left, uh, we made sure that we had all of the areas clean just to make it easier on him. And that, that made me, as uh, their pastor, the kid's pastor and friend, that made me, made me happy because I am thrilled that our kids are known as youth who not only make a difference, but when we go to somebody who is serving, we also turn around and we serve them so that their work is easier and so that more is able to be done because of, of the work that they do. So, youth, thank you for all that you did this past week. Thank you for allowing me to come and be a part of the trip. And uh, as we move into our sermon, let us uh, take a moment to go to God in prayer. Dear God, you have blessed us more than we can even imagine. And our hearts still go to the areas that were affected by Hurricane Harvey. And we know that uh, life goes on, and it's so easy to uh, let something that happened a few months ago just become a distant memory. But God, I pray that as your church, we always look out for ways that we can help those who are in need. That when we see suffering, when we see injustice, when we see a need, that we always step in the gap to provide relief. Because God, we know that a reason we are able to do these things is because that you have provided the ultimate relief for us by sending your son, Jesus Christ. So Lord, as we gather, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I tell you, um, <clears throat> not only trying to pull together a sermon while you're on mission trip is difficult, uh, but when you decide to do uh, lectionary preaching, you sometimes come up with a passage that you go, why in the world is this passage here? Or why, why is this particular passage placed as an, something to remember? See, if you're here last week, you remember we started this series called Healing Hands. And as we sent out the youth group uh, to do our mission, we are reminded that Jesus sends each and every one of us out each and every one of us out to, to make a difference. You know, we have our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to transform the world. And we do that by, by being welcoming, by, by telling people, you belong here. We worship together, we serve with heart, and we grow in our faith. We pick up right after that passage where the disciples have gone out, they, they have made themselves known through the people, but they've also made themselves known to those who were higher up. And, and as they made themselves known, it didn't sit well with the powers that be. So I invite you to follow along 
in our passage this morning as it comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 13 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Herod the king heard about these things because the name of Jesus had become well known. Some were saying John the Baptist had been raised from the dead, and this is why miraculous powers are at work through him. Others were saying, he is Elijah, and still others were saying, he is a prophet like one of the ancient prophets. But when Herod heard these rumors, he said, John whom I beheaded has been raised to life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Imagine, if you will, someone with incredible power that is able to shake the foundations of the earth. Imagine, if you will, someone who, if their name is just mentioned, it causes leaders to tremble. Imagine, if you will, someone who is so powerful that those who follow this person is also known to bring fear and trembling to those who are oppressive, to those who are in need, to those who just are, are, are trying to take over the world. I think that's where we were in the scripture this morning, is that while Herod knew that he could push down those who were, were causing good things to happen around him and causing his power to, to seep out, to, to not have that influence that he as king wanted, but he knew that there was something else that he must do to, to keep this message from going out, this message of freedom, this message of, of, of love, this message of true hope. See, this part of Scripture is, is considered kind of a flashback. See, Herod had already executed John the Baptist, as, and you can read that as we move further into the passage. So he was wondering, how in the world can all of this stuff happen? Because I stomped out the biggest pain I had in my kingship by John the Baptist. But then Jesus comes along. And Jesus comes along and he ignites a new fire. He ignites a new power that enables his disciples to do even greater things because of the power of Christ in them. One of the things I wanted to help hopefully teach our youth as we were on mission trip is highlighted on the shirts that we uh, have from our trip. See, John Wesley knew that the power of, of God was so great in his, uh, those who called themselves Methodist that there were three rules that they lived by. And those three rules helped make them known in their communities. And I hope and pray that these three rules 
help us be known in our community today. The first one of those rules is a very simple rule, to do no harm. When we do no harm, we, we take care to make sure that what we do, the actions that we take, don't harm others. I shared with the youth this passage, the one that, that, I, that I live by from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, where Paul writes, Everything is permitted, but everything isn't beneficial. See, everything is permitted. We can do anything that we want to do, but not everything that we do can be beneficial to us. Paul continues, everything is permitted, but everything doesn't build others up. See, it's important to remember that we are in control of our actions, and while we can do anything, if we aren't about the business of building up our neighbors, then the tasks that we do, the, the things that we do, the things that we say, they can do harm. They can do things that could tear down one another. They can do things that, that destroys community. They can do things that can destroy who we are deep inside. It was so funny as we were working along the way, uh, there was a, a moment where Ellie, she reminded me of this passage as I uh, shared some sarcasm with one of the adults on the trip. And she looked at me and says, Pastor Chris, everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial. <laughs> I was like, darn it. But yet that made me glad because she heard those words and she took them inside of her and, and she made sure that I remembered that sometimes we can do things that can tear down others when God calls us to build each other up. The second rule helps build on this do no harm, but it's an easy one that says to do good. My friends, it's easy sometimes to do no harm, but sometimes it's hard to do good. We know that there are things that we can avoid to hurt others, but we know that sometimes that we avoid to do something good that can help build someone up because it may be an inconvenience to us. It may be something that might make us go out of our way for someone else, or it may place us in a position where we may be looked down upon by others, even though we know that we have to do something beneficial for someone else. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45. He said, You have heard it was said, You must love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who harass you, so that you will be acting as children of your Father who is in heaven. He makes the sun rise on both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on both the righteous and unrighteous. 
See, it's easy to do good to a friend of ours, to a, to a family member, to, to someone we care about. But when it comes time to bless someone who curses you, when it comes time to bless someone who wants to tear you down, it becomes even harder. But there's also another time where doing good is also hard. It's when we come across someone we don't even know. know, uh, When it comes to sharing something that we have with someone who is in need. I failed at this yesterday. Uh, Yesterday, as Tracy and I were shopping at Walmart, uh, a woman came up asking for a dollar to uh, use the, uh, the bus. And as I walked away, I said, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash on me, knowing full well that I had a dollar that I could have easily given her to go on the bus. Now, we start to uh, clarify that in our own minds and make us feel better by saying, well, we really don't know if she was going to use that dollar for our bus. She could have used it to, to buy drugs or to buy alcohol or, or, or name the vice that that person had. But when I look at this task, I realize, you know, I had a chance to do something good. And it's not up to me to make her do what she says she's going to do. But it's for me to be reminded that when Jesus said, were you, well, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you gave me, you came and you visited me. I was in need, and you were there for me. So I failed at that moment, but I know that there are many other times that I will fail, but when we take a look at how we share the good gifts that God has given us with others, we can then lift up and do good because God has done so many good things for us. And the final rule really ties everything together because as people of faith, we do no harm and we do good because we take the opportunities and times to stay in love with God. See, this is one of the first rules that that Jesus even taught to his disciples. He was reminding them of the rules that were set aside for them back in Deuteronomy in Matthew 22 when he reminded him that we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. See, once we gather a hold of this commandment and we find ways to continue to be connected, as we find ways to continue to to love God and and to understand what He is calling us to do, then we can do no harm. Then we can do good 
in the world around us. So my question for this morning is how are we to be known in our communities? How are we to be known at home, at work? Will we be like Herod? Will we be jealous because of the power that, 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 that somebody else is holding over us? Will we be uh, worried about somebody else coming and usurping what we have? Will we be power hungry, thinking that we can become the most powerful person in our streams of, of influence? Or will we be like Jesus? Will we be like those that he has identified, that he has sent out to love boldly, to proclaim the good news in ways that give life and life abundantly? Will we be known because we took time to do no harm, to do good, and to stay in love with God? Let us pray. Oh God, as we give thanks for the way that we are able to do the work that you have called us to do, not to go out and rescue people, to say that we are the great saviors so that we have power and we have influence, but so that we can go out and serve just like you have served so that we may go out, so that we can give life as you have given life. I thank you for the many opportunities that we have as your church to, to be in ministry to those around us. I thank you for the opportunity for uh, our youth and for our children and for our adults to, to make a difference because you have made a difference in us. They guide us and lead us in this place so that as we leave, the hours that we spend away from this place are full of your love and grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.